All right, so welcome to another episode of Spoil Radio. I'm Reese. Hello, I'm Declan. <laughs> There's only one of you to laugh at me this time. Though. I know, yeah. So uh, this week we're um, we're going to be talking about Donnie Darko. Yeah. We are going old school. Going back in time to to 2001. Talk about Donnie Darko. We've gone through the wormhole. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> going through what in that trans dimension. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bubble. Weird clear bubbles. Can, can I make one statement in this? Yeah. Uh, everything could have been avoided. Yeah. From Rebecca Sparrow. I'm just saying. Yeah. All of that ending shit. Yeah. I, I don't care what happens in the trans dimension. I know, like, that's another portion of, like, why, you know, like, it has to happen. And, you know, obviously he has that that follow-up, like, a guide through the trans dimension. It's like a guardian is, angel. Yeah. Frank's like his guardian angel. Yeah. yeah. If that bitch wasn't in the middle of the fucking road, yeah, no one would have swerved. Yeah, no, he wouldn't have shot Frank. It, but that was all part of it. Like she was like, it had to happen. the whole time she was playing her part. Yeah, and and but that's the like I I know, but still, yeah. I, every time she walked in the middle of the road, no yeah. matter what she's doing, I know she's playing her part. Yeah, I'm like if everything. Yeah, like he still would have been with this girl. It, like, <laughs> but world would have ended, sure. But yeah. it, like it's it's just fucking it. For some reason, I still can't get it well, mate, out of my hey, being. Let's, let's start. Let's start okay. it simple. Because right. sorry, jumped, jumped I jumped right in the, right in the center. <laughs> I, yeah, sorry. Go for it. Did go. you? Did you? Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't open with yeah. the general <laughs> consensus. Well, that's what did it does. I, that's what Donnie Darko does to you. Yeah, I know. It really does. It gets you going. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Yeah. And the funny thing is, every time I go to watch Donnie Darko, I don't really want to watch Donnie Darko. Yeah. I put it in and then I just become engrossed in it. Yeah. And it's all the little things. It's just the small things in the film that yeah. engross me. So, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed Donnie Darko. Yeah. Yourself? Like, yeah, loved it. I'm a sucker <laughs> is, for movies like this, though. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like subtle sci-fi. Any Anything that is like, anything that will make people go, I don't understand what happened. I'm just like, yeah, no, I really love this movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I want to, I want to, it makes me want to watch Southland Tales. I haven't, that's the only, I haven't seen that. I've seen The Box, his other movie, and I like yeah, that. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like that one. But. Well, that's based off a Richard Matheson novel. It's, ba- it's It wasn't it a Twilight uh, Zone thing as well? It was, yeah. and he wasn't, there's a, because I was I actually did my, a little bit of research before I did this. Yeah, which good. Is, <laughs> good, someone did it. Because <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I listened to a podcast with him and Kevin Smith called Smoothie Makers. Was that with Richard with Kelly? With Richard Kelly. So They're mates, a, hey. Yeah, they're good friends. Kevin Smith did a commentary track on Donnie Darko for him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're good mates. He actually did a he actually did a scene in Southland Tales, which got cut, but that's because he talked about it in one of his Q and A's, didn't he? That yeah. he was like a legless, like Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, yeah. And it, but he it, that movie is long as shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's a two hour and fifteen minute movie, and he said that they cut about forty out or something like that. Yeah, I read that it and, didn't get a good response at Cannes. Well, he explains that it's actually. Uh, it's like Star Wars in the sense of it's parts four, five, and six, and part one, two, and three is a graphic novel. Okay. So you actually, <laughs> and the thing is, is that he was trying to hand out the graphic novel at Khan oh, while geez. he was there. I mean, and so it was never gonna work. Look, like, man, I, I, yeah, <laughs> look, I respect the guys. Like, oh yeah, no, but he just does. He's he doing what he wants. The telling stories the way he wants to tell them. You gotta back that, but. It wasn't. It's and, not gonna. If you're gonna swing for the fences, sometimes you're gonna miss. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that he like they explain like he's talking about it and he's like, if, uh, you know, I tried to tell the studios, I was like, 
we have to sell the novel with it. Like we have to yeah. find a way to to um, uh, market the novel with it. And he's like, no one who's watching a movie wants to read the book. Yeah. And and he's like, yeah, but you know, no one's gonna understand the movie unless they read the book. Yeah. And the studios are like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. like, like, why are we doing this still? Well, then? I mean, why that are we is, marketing it? that kind of does explain because I was looking up after watching this. I went. Actually, did research as well. I read about it, <laughs> yeah. and he's only he's he beside he made a few movies before Donnie Darko that didn't even have um, hyperlinks on Wikipedia, which is always like you're never going to be able to get a hold of those. Yeah, and um, besides Donnie Darko, he's done Southland Tales in the Box as a it. director, and he's produced and got a couple of screenwriting credits here and there. So yeah. that kind of tells me why he hasn't got a big filmography behind him. Well, none of his movies, even um, he because he wrote Domino. The, the with one. Kira Knightley? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that movie didn't get highly praised either. That's a, I didn't mind I, that I movie. I like that yeah. movie too. <laughs> Actually, I think that it's one of Kira Knightley's best movies. She's like a bounty hunter in it, yeah? Yeah, and, and not yeah. only that, but like she just leaves in this real thick English accent. Yeah. And I'm just like, fucking all right. Like yeah. it sounds cool for like, you know, a character called Domino. Yeah. So she's like there and she's talking like this. Uh, my name is Domino. Yeah, and I remember like, that now. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah, I'm like, yeah some reason it just suits anyway yeah. um so uh back to donnie darko yeah so this is what's <laughs> well, gonna happen well, yeah <laughs> well with richard kelly like he's that type of guy where he'll make something that is just completely out there yeah and i look forward to every richard kelly movie now mm. but if he ever makes another one it's been nearly it seems, 10 years since yeah. his last one yeah so what, what was it 2009 i think it was 2009 yeah yeah so yeah nearly 10 years i hope whatever he does next is going to be um just as weird yeah, well, that's, that's please. <laughs> so where do we start with this fucking movie? Well, do we just uh, want to try and like sort of give a basic through line of what happens? Or are we just going to assume anyone listening to this has seen it and we'll just be able to follow along? Or um, I think, I I guess we can have a, a simple, simple. Because it's actually not that long to, because it's like the movie basically undoes itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's like he, Donnie Darko is diagnosed as a schizophrenic yeah. teenager. Correct. Um, and it's like he's living in like classic American suburbia. Yeah, like standard, so bland. Yeah, and because he, he's got schizophrenia, he's seeing this like demon bunny-looking thing, Frank. Frank. Yeah. Who drags him out of his house, and as when he's out, yeah, a jet engine falls off a plane and falls through his bedroom, and would have killed him if Frank hadn't dragged him out. Yeah. So then the whole rest of the movie is like him affecting all the people in the town's lives. Yeah, and, and Until, completely negatively. Yeah, like, completely negatively. Like, re- exposing a lot of things about people and, like... But he's... Do you know what, though? He's saying some real shit while he's doing it. Oh, all the way through... <laughs> no, no. That nothing in it, like... You see all the horrible shit that happens. Yeah. And you're like... But besides maybe Drew Barrymore's character, like... Yeah. Uh, getting kicked out. Yeah. And, um... Which, I mean, like... Although the greatest wingman ever is Drew Barrymore... Uh, <laughs> yeah, just saying. That's a good scene too. It's so fucking. Good. It's like it's something that you could easily rewatch over and over again. Yeah. Um, besides being the greatest wingman, kind of like the shit that she does isn't good for the classroom. No, but it is important in intellectual conversation. She's so, trying to she's trying to brace the kids for the real world. Correct. But I'll just get to the end of what happens. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I keep jumping in. But so he affects everyone's lives negatively. Yeah. And then he starts learning about wormholes and time travel and he starts seeing people's time 
in like a visual representation, which we'll get into later. But yeah. he's basically able to see all these things because of his schizophrenia. And I'm doing yeah. quotation yeah. marks with my fingers as exactly. I say that. And he, through a series of events, Frank, the guy that, that's the bunny, ends up actually being a person attending a Halloween party in that costume. Yeah, which he created himself. Yeah. Like he drew a photo yeah. of him. Built. Yeah, anyway. Who he kills. Yeah. Because he runs over his girl, Donnie Darko's girlfriend. girlfriend. And then Donnie Darko realizes that if he doesn't exist, everyone's lives will be better off. Yeah. And so he, <laughs> when the wormhole Hold. comes over the town, yeah. the plane flies over that his mum's in. Yeah. Which the jet engine, engine. which is where the, where engine, the engine came from. Came it from. falls and through the wormhole. Which it explains, I had to look it up. It yeah. explains that he, literally in the wiki, that he tele pathically made the plane fall apart did he yeah he did something with his mind where when he saw the plane go by he tore the jet engine okay which is what they explain this is just but so he but then he ends up back in his bed at the start of the movie yeah and dies and jet engine essentially everyone's just going to live a normal life because it yeah yeah. because he's not there to mess things up. up that's that's like the layman's version that's, yeah, that's like the most simplest way to say. And that's still a bit confusing. Yeah, even there, you're like, what? Like, how does he get back? And what yeah. is it like? What's occurring? Is it because you literally see the jet engine falling while he's all the way over the other side of the town? Yeah. So he had to travel the wormhole at some point in time, get back to home, and then. Yeah, well, so I think the whole the I think the idea is the whole town goes through the wormhole. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the idea. Yeah. But for me, though watching this because i watched it when i was younger mm. watching this old as i'm like older now yeah actually like all that time travel and sci-fi stuff kind of like went to the side for me yeah and i was way more into the themes 100 percent. and the scene yeah. for me that like really unlocked it all was when they're in the classroom doing that fear and love that's, exercise that's so fucking good that and that rant that he has about how like human emotion isn't this simple. You just yeah. can't put things into boxes and it's like more complex than this. I was just like, that's what this fucking movie is about. Exactly. It's, like people talk about the time travel and everything. This movie is about like human beings and like living and like the struggle of just being a person sometimes. Well, well the crazy thing is that you have characters in the film that are legitimately bad people. Like they're, they're, Horrible human being, like Swayze. Swayze's character is a horrible worse. human being. Yeah. But by the end of the film, you get a complete like other idea for this character. Where you look at him and you're like, he's really struggling in his life. He's yeah. there. He's sitting on his bed. He's crying. Yeah. And you just can't take. And you just have this moment where you're like, there's another form of a human, you know, human emotion happening on the screen, yeah. where all these people are just going through, just trying to live. Yeah, and we should say that Swayze's character is like a, um, like a motivational speaker, I guess. He's yeah. preaching this idea of, um, you you are either a fearful person or a loving person, and you yeah. should always be moving away from fear and moving into the love, yeah. which has like, is horseshit. Yeah, yeah it's so and, like, uh, <laughs> like vanilla. <laughs> and and Donnie Darko, Donnie Darko calls him out at an assembly, yeah. and gets in a lot of trouble. And um, then he is instructed by Frank to burn down his house yeah. and they discover that he has child pornography in Everywhere. like a basement. Which is like a dungeon. He says yeah. it's like a kiddie dungeon. Yeah. And so he gets arrested. Yeah. Um, and, but, and so then that's undone. 
Well, I was thinking about that too. Like he's that's, just allowed to keep being a preacher or whatever. Well, that's the thing. There's good and bad things that have. That's probably like, there's good and bad things that are affected. He affects people, people completely negatively. Yeah. And but the thing is that some of the things that he does affect people negatively in the negatively in the right way. Yeah. Like like doing that. Yeah. You know. And and so like, it's all coming it's, together in my head now of how this all works. So yeah, that him going away is a good thing. Yeah. But the ripple effect of what happens from him going away is not. Not like always. That. So I'm just going crazy now because yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is like the whole movie is like a metaphor for like the thin thread of like suburbia. Yeah. So like little things get exposed, like p- people are hiding things about themselves, and then they come to the surface. And then literally by the end of the movie, when all these Donnie Darko brings all these things to the surface, yeah. the town is swallowed yeah, by com- like an apocalyptic uh, event. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when all the terrible shit comes out finally. Yeah. By the end of it. Yeah, it's just like just yeah, it's all destroyed. It's, it's And it's like the it's the ripples that he's like. All he's because causing. he's done that, yeah. Yeah. And it's this is intelligent filmmaking. It's crazy smart. Yeah. And it's um for a guy who's it's so hard to explain because for a guy who's just come out of film school and he explains that he did one of his thesis projects was uh, a film that was people vomiting <laughs> on screen. Yeah. Because that was one of my main projects because I was, he said I was at USC yeah. and everyone was doing these pretentious films about like suicide or something like that. Yeah. And he goes, I just wanted to see if I could make the look of vomiting look real on camera. And <laughs> That's it, cool though. Yeah, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? And yeah. his teacher couldn't watch it. He was like, she she couldn't take watching the, the video because yeah. he made it look real realistic enough. For a guy who comes out like that and then you hear the story where he's like, I just started writing and I wrote, he said, I wrote Donnie Darko in two months. Yeah, it does seem like the kind of film, and this isn't a slander. Yeah. Like, I, you know me, I, I, would, I prefer to work this way too, but like, mm. he, it does feel like someone who's made up as he's gone and then yeah, gone back completely. through it and connected it all together again. Which is I like I think that's cool. I don't it's something to be said. Like there's some intelligent things thrown out in this movie. The themes are great yeah. about life and the way that we affect each other and everything. Yeah. And then even that when the whole chat about being on a predetermined path. Yeah. And he could see everyone's predetermined paths. Yeah. That was blowing my mind. Because I was just like <laughs> so I was sitting there. But and I'm get- going like I was like, we are because like we can't change where we go. Like even if I think That's I'm making destiny. a choice where I'm like, am I going to put my hand up or am I going to leave it down? Yeah. Whatever I do, it's, it, either, it happens. That's, that's it happens happen. yeah. and I can't change that. Well, and that's where, <laughs> that's where yet again, the, the trend, uh, trends, what is it called? The different um, pathway. Trans, Trans-dimensional? Trans, yeah, trans-dimensional yeah. portal opens up. Yeah. Because he, he, he fucks that up. Yeah. You know, he ta- completely takes the wrong path. Well, because his path leads him... To yeah. destroy everyone else's parts. Yeah, but yeah. it's an accident. Yeah. Because for some reason, he's pulled out of bed from Frank. And yeah. and it's accident that this Well, because he's occurs. like, he's essentially has to be in like a time loop, right? Because Frank has the bullet in his eye from, um, from getting shot. From getting shot by Donnie yeah. while he's talking to Donnie all the time. Mm. So, like, he has to be in some sort of loop and he breaks the loop by the end. Well, the only reason why he broke the loop is because Donnie listened to him. Yeah. And Frank was there. If yeah. Frank wasn't there, fucked. Like, yeah. 
it's just going to be swallowed. Everything's going to cease to exist. Yeah. Um. Fantastic writing, and I think that like it, it has so many like rich themes, which are, are, are crowded by what I could pretty much say is one of the coolest musical tracks. <laughs> yeah, it has some really in, good songs. Yeah, to the point where like one of the best scenes I've ever seen in my life, I think. And still to this day, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Donnie Darko has one of the greatest shots ever. Yeah. One of the greatest one takes ever. Yeah. It has a few oneers in it. And it is almost fucking perfect. That one take. The school one. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Besides the kid doing the high five and fucking it up, which I mean, lots of people do that. (laughs) (laughs) And nitpicking. The real reality. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Perfect music for that scene. Opening on the bus tilting yeah going in seeing a slice of life of this small town and it tells you everything you know you need to know about every character you're going to be spending time with in, in one, one go yeah in that one shot yeah yeah oh it's crazy crazy good yeah and there's i think there's two different songs in it that are, are main there's like the, the start one like dun, 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 dun. yeah that one there yeah. and then later on there's mad world that comes in that that scene of going across the beds yeah that's been parodied in. Has some, it? I swear I've seen that like parody. <laughs> Disaster movie or something. I, I just don't know. Like I just like I got. Yeah. Wasn't from watching Donnie Darko. I got Deja Vu from like a cartoon or something like that from it. Right. I'd not be surprised. Yeah. Um. Did, what, did you think it was interesting that scene too? Something I picked up on was everyone else was like waking up from a bad dream, right? Because that's when he he dies and breaks the the loop. The loop. Yeah. So. Bad shit isn't going to happen to all these people that we yeah. see, right? The only two people that don't wake up are Drew Barrymore and the girl that was getting bullied. Really? Yeah. Huh. And they're the two people that. that were, they're two people that were um kind to him, and also helped like helped him in yeah like accidentally yeah like Drew Barrymore helped him. Jenna Malone's character might have been asleep as well with cellar door. No, uh, she wasn't. I don't know, Jenna. Malone, I don't. I didn't think they even showed her in the bedroom. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, she wasn't showing. She was just she? came on came the bike because she wasn't in the town yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just comes in on the bike and asks. Yeah, there's yeah. that fucking weird ass like wave. Because they know each other. They like there's yeah, that's what's there's... weird. They still have memory of the the time when Donnie was there. Yeah, because the mother literally just saw like her son's dead and. She like I don't know anyone that would be like wave back to someone in that moment. No, because they're not like she's trying to process. Like yeah. they obviously have a recollection of what happened. Yeah, there has that, to be that something. final scene between him and his mother in his bedroom where she touches his cheek yeah. is really beautiful. <laughs> it's think? a really yeah. I think that's re- when he says, "What what or like how is it having a son for a wacko?" Yeah, and, and she, she just goes, looks at him and she says like it's wonderful. Yeah, that's and I they something I really liked about it too was. He defied a lot of tropes with these suburban style of movies, like, like stylistically, not story wise or anything like that, but stylistically, I'd compare it to American Beauty and yeah. Edward Scissorhands. It's got that sort of dark suburbia feel about it, like um, some, and Twin Peaks has got a bit of a Twin Peaksy sort of vibe. I'd get more of a Twin Peaks or or American Beauty from yeah. it. I think because of how stylized. I just, I just mean it in the sense that it's like mean. suburbia yeah. with a darker undertone. It's yeah. something that's not like the happy place where everyone, you know. Yeah. Um, and where was I going with that point before I got distracted by those other movies I was talking about? <laughs> um, you were talking about shit. 
because I'm processing it all as well. Yeah. All right. Give it a moment. We're fine. I can cut <laughs> shit. You know. I fully forgot where I was going. They don't. Um, he doesn't fall into the traps of like. There was a point where I thought maybe the mother was going to end up having an affair with Swayze. Right. But that doesn't happen. Yeah, all that simple, like, like almost yeah. dr- bullshit, dramatic, like stuff that, un- like, just occurs randomly. Yeah, and there was never there was, there was never a scene where his parents got mad at him for being no. different, and like and actually they laughed at him whenever he was a dick. Because he was of the speaking kids. the he was always speaking the truth yeah. to people. Like that was the thing, and like his parents were supportive. Like usually in those types of movies, you see like distant. They weren't distant. They were like well, they had that that awesome fight at the start with. You know, him um, and his sister, him and though, Mag- yeah. And I love that they cast Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's good to see the Gyllenhaal siblings. Yeah. But cr- crazy cast. Oh, oh no, yeah. Like, <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Patrick Swayze. And um, listening to that other podcast, he was freaked out. Yeah. Patrick Swayze was actually scared shitless in front of doing the thing in front of everybody. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he was like, he wouldn't want, he almost didn't want to go come out of the trailer. Oh, he was like shaking and yeah. he has a, some form of fear of that public speaking. Well, you've got a lot of people that went on to become famous too. So you got like, obviously Jake Gyllenhaal, who's great. Like mm. that was, what a discovery of him. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Maggie Gyllenhaal, his sister, who's also awesome. great. Yeah. Jenna Malone, who's... She's awesome. Great. Everyone in it is like... things now. Seth Rogen's in there? Yeah, as fucking a randomly. <laughs> like, it, he's a dick, you know? Like, <laughs> he has that, that... um. What does he say? He says something and I was like, this is fucking amazing. Uh, he how he opens Seth Rogen opens opening line is I like your I think I like your boobs <laughs> yeah yeah they're just standing there <laughs> just, they're fully sexually harassing Jenna Malone and they're they're bad dudes yeah like I know why is he he's, al- he's always trying to stab Donnie with a knife the other guy I don't guy. fucking know and then he, later he grabs him and he goes I've got a bigger knife now and I'm like what is why is, what did they even do <laughs> I, I don't know but it seems like he's out of all the characters, he's like a fucking caricature. Like, yeah. It, no one else feels like... They all feel pretty realistic. Yeah. But he feels like the bully from It. <laughs> yeah, and he like, is. and But he doesn't have... I don't. That's maybe like the one weak point for me. Is I just didn't understand his motivation for... Besides, at one point he says, oh, you, you they think up. I did it. But it's like, it just doesn't... And then... No one really Why are they thinks... there at the end waiting for them? And they're like, what the fuck are you doing here and stuff? And I think they were robbing a house. Okay. I think oh, they were robbing that makes Sparrow's sense house. That makes sense now. Yeah, yeah. And then they, for some reason, because of cellar door, he feels like he has to go there. It's just another pathway that he has yeah. to, well, I mean, another checkpoint. There's always writing telling him to go on the fridge. The fridge always has those notes. Yeah. Frank's going to get beer. Yeah. Okay, going to get beer or where's Donnie? Or, yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. It's it's weird. Uh, did you notice this is something that is just Netflix, a Netflix problem? The aspect ratio. What the fuck? Yeah, because I actually, I, I noticed it. And I, at first I thought, oh, maybe this is just how the movie starts and it'll write itself. Yeah. It didn't go away. So then I went and clicked on another movie, like the first like movie that I could find in there, which happened to be Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise in it. Yeah, <laughs> so I clicked enough. on that and the aspect ratio was fine. Oh, yeah. And then I looked it up and... On, There's about Googled five it. movies. I Googled it and yeah, everyone has got the complaints. There's like Joe, that fifth element. Two Gyllenhaal movies. Nightcrawler has it as well. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why. The Gyllenhaal curse on Netflix. I, 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 you, I guess. <laughs> it curses your aspect. Because I legitimately, it. like the first thing that I wrote down on my notes was opens with weird bars. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I was like, is, is like this 
uh, I thought it was a choice for a little while. Yeah, like, it's obviously a choice that's gone really wrong. weird. No, something's just gone wrong it's in the coding process. Thing. Yeah, it's a fucking weird coding thing. Yeah, I and knowing that look, I got over that though, but that did bother me for a good fifteen minutes. I was just going, oh god, this is weird. <laughs> it was odd. There's a there's a bit of a I was looking up some stuff. There's a bit of a, a conversation about how the film could be like a I don't like this interpretation, but it is nonetheless one uh, a fact that uh, Gyllenhaal's like a Christ figure. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like little things like um, uh, temptation of Christ underneath Evil Dead Two. Yeah, and uh, there's some type of cross in the background in one of the scenes as well. Yeah, and they keep saying, "Oh, you know, there's one of the interpretations is that he's a a Christ figure coming to save them or something." I yeah. think that's a bit out there. I mean, any I just I think any because like the stories from the the Bible are such like broad stories yeah, there's a lot of anytime as well anytime you do a story about like someone who's affecting people's lives mm. at the cost of having a life of their own it it's going to be an it. it's going to be an allusion to christ no matter even if you weren't trying to do it yeah, it just is accidentally yeah. this is the type of story and then i don't know i don't think it was intentional putting the temptation of christ underneath of evil dead too for some reason, I just think that probably is around the time the same movies were out. I definitely, and it's it ironic. Would be that, I mean, I, yeah. I, that that Evil Dead 2 and then Temptation of Christ is underneath one another. I just think it's comical. For me, that could be also going with the theme of the whole like fear and love and like, yes, and, and yeah. like the, the fact that like, you know, this whole suburbia thing is like a, on the surface, it's this perfect landscape. But then we see people like Swayze, who all the women talk about, is this handsome well-to-do guy has child pornography it's you know yeah there two, is two different levels there's two different everyone. levels and there's this like different there's like, two different spectrums. levels yeah but as Gyllenhaal says nothing's fucking black and white no everything here is gray yeah to the yet again drew barrymore's character a character where you think to yourself some of the shit she does she does is like i don't agree with mm. it's cool yeah but i don't agree with well that's and then, a, like we just, that scene that we were saying was cool before yeah where Jenna Malone's character is it Rebecca her name? I keep just calling her I Jenna Malone. I think so. Yeah, yeah. she goes sit next to the cutest boy. <laughs> yeah, she walks in and she, she's like, scene. I don't know where to go, and she goes, I'll just sit next to the boy you think is the cutest, which is a cool scene. But if if I was a I was student, gonna, yeah, uh, be like, that is a crazy uh, thing to do. To yeah, I'd be like, I'm just gonna sit at the back. Yeah, because I'm good. Yeah. You know, like, but I, it's as I said, man. Drew Barrymore's the fucking greatest wingman ever. Yeah, <laughs> and then she makes that other girl move her seat. Yeah. <laughs> She had all the other people sat it. next to who they thought was cute. No Is that how it had been allocated? It's fucking weird because no one went, ooh, like it's fucking high school. And yeah, no, his, no mate, his made... mate just looked annoyed that she didn't sit next to him. Yeah, but but it was just those, that moment. I just, no class like that would have worked like that in high school in the no. sense of everyone would have been like, ooh, you know, like yeah. Donnie, you yeah, know, yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, yet again, though awesome scene <laughs> well because like cause out of place school with... kids would make you feel like yeah it's shit that you've been chosen by the girl yeah exactly i don't know awesome scene. I, I can't get away from that scene i can't get away from the opening school scene they're, they're the ones to me that like pretty much anything that drew barrymore's in is this fucking movie is like almost perfect she's really good in it yeah and yeah. she only has a small part and just poignant yeah um Swayze does his job, but just cheesy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, but the worst character in this movie, the one that you just, and it's, she did her job as well, is that fucking teacher. 
that, that Ab- PE Ab- Abigail's, I don't know. I think so. I look. I'm no good with names. You know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> anybody who's watched this movie will know that this teacher is like to the point where like the character actually fucking like. Sticks up for Patrick Swayze's bullshit by the end of it. Well, she says he's innocent and he's being framed. You like? And she's like, she's getting on a committee to save him. Or that's yeah. She's but she's insane. She's what? She's always wearing religious paraphernalia and criticizing everyone else's parenting techniques and things like that. And she's like, no one in the town likes her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're all like quietly, you know. But like, there would be mums like that at every school. Indeed. Did you notice that in the cinema, I found it interesting that they opened up the the wormhole on the um on the screen. Yeah, Kitty was her name. Kitty, that's yeah. it. That's that's right. They opened up the wormhole on the TV on the movie screen. Yeah, yeah. I like it where he's like, "This is what a wormhole looks like." Yeah, and he opens it up on the cinema screen. Yeah, and I was I don't know. A portion of me is just sitting there because I'm like a base level fucking person watching this shit, and I'm like. Ah, like movies take you to another dimension. I think that's what it was. I I do think that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, and I think that was just a little bit of like we love movies moment. Yeah, just a little a a spice. I definitely think that's what it was meant to be. A little bit of salting. Yeah, yeah, some herbing. But then I thought he was going to be able to step through it, but he didn't. He had to walk all the way to the house. Yeah, I know. It's like he's it's like he saw what he had to do or something, and then he's like, okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah. What about the whole IMF thing? IMF infant thing. memory it's like infant memory fragments or something like that they're doing like a school project that's right with those glasses yeah and he talks about how they need the dark yeah and he's like what if you put like images of um dead so, people yeah. or people killing each other what would that do as a, as a child yeah I, this is the thing the movie's layered so much mm-hmm. that like even stuff like that uh, has like it, it opens up conversation about how we view media now. Yeah. And like, you know, as a child growing up in 21st century, yeah, are they watching shit easily from like, you know, iPads and shit like that Yeah, from birth, you know, yeah. <laughs> like where it's just like, is this going to fuck people up? Yeah. And, and, the, and I like how he's just there like, yeah, but you wouldn't. <laughs> they're yeah. sitting there like, you wouldn't do that to a child though. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but what if you did? Yeah. Real simple. Like and the whole movie has things like that scattered everywhere. Yeah, well, like the well, what the teacher says about like because it's glass, like so the glasses that you'd put on a baby's face to calm them down with like calming images mm. that would that would be on them, and the teacher says, "Oh, did you not think they need darkness as part of their development?" Yeah, which l- like lends into the whole we're on a predetermined path, like we all. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, a part of the process of yeah. Of what happens and in like, life. And that's like Donnie Darko is making these glasses to change the course, which is what he's doing through the whole movie. Like, it's crazy layered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And every, like all those small things. I like it. A scene that was actually um to, to jump around because my mind does this. Well. Yeah, that's all the movie jumps movie. around yeah. all the time. <laughs> a scene that was actually cut from the film. I think it was cut from this because I, I can't remember watching it in it. Yeah. Uh, the psychologist actually says to him, that uh, you can stop taking those pills. Did that happen in the movie for you? I don't think it was in this this cut. No, I didn't. I don't the psychologist that says to him, "You can stop taking those pills. They're placebos." Oh, okay. So the idea is that like he's not crazy, and that yeah, 
things that are happening are just happening because you know well we like he's not crazy because it all comes true yeah <laughs> but does it like yet again was everything that happened though yet another thing like is it a part of his schizophrenia yeah, uh, yeah like there's I mean, there's moments yeah. like that as well where it's like he sees all this crazy shit. I mean, no the whole movie could just be in his head, couldn't it? And yeah. he just is in bed the whole time. I don't like that interpretation. I don't like but, it either. But I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, you but, couldn't, yeah. You could, I don't think it's that way. I think this like I think this shit all went down. Yeah. Specifically because Richard Kelly has said that he's going to make another movie set in the Donnie Darko universe when he gets funding. Really? So that tells me that crazy shit did happen. <laughs> yeah. And other crazy shit is coming. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be sweet. I think the, like the biggest thing for me with this movie is it's not like an it's not like an easily digestible thing. Like you need to be alert, hundred percent, and thinking while you're watching it because yeah. it does delve into those. As I said, like my favorite scene where it's talking about how human emotion isn't so simple that you can just go like fear, love, happy, like stop being sad and be happy. Like that's not the way. <laughs> that's Some not the way we're wired. We need to experience all these things that we feel and process them properly. Otherwise we will end up fucked up, which is like what... What happens in the town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, like you really can only explore these sort of things in movies like this. Like, yeah. And they also reference books that follow similar things. And it's like, interesting thing is it's always like refreshing when you watch movies like this. Yeah. But they never answer these questions. I don't think you can answer these questions. Well, I think the point is to have these conversations. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's funny that you say things like they reference books because the date that the whole world ends yeah. is actually the same date as the birthday of the book, the guy that um, wrote the book in the movie. Yeah, right. So, the you know, the whole like um, the, the old rickety man yeah. in, the, in the room and burned, they burned down. They burn all the money or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That whole book. Yeah. It's the same birthday as him. But I, I know what you mean. Everything in it is like, um, it has to be conversed about and broken down. Yeah. And you have to be vigilant watching it. Yeah, like it's it's not the type of movie you can, I guess you can watch it in two parts, but if you're like, you know, you're, you had to, yeah. but it, you have to focus. Yeah. And you, you have to digest each portion of it. Yeah. And, take it in slowly and think about it yeah and I, I would say for anyone that like gets intimidated by movies like this or thinks that they're too slow and, and like i would i would just really suggest like the the best things in life are an acquired taste i think yeah. and like that's totally what this is like you don't like straight scotch the first time you drink it you don't like any alcohol yeah. the first time you drink it but stick with it and you will discover deeper things yeah brand new tastes flavors and that's exactly what it's like with these type of movies like stick with it and just like if you don't understand what you're seeing read about it yeah talk to people about it watch it again see if you can pick up more stuff like it's it's a totally different experience when you start watching and reading like film literacy as well like paying attention to the way that they're using the camera and like the, the visual references they're doing and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you don't see enough movies like this anymore. No. And it's funny because like, it's a real director's movie. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, I would say it's a writer's movie. That is all yeah. that as well. At, yeah. Like at its core, it's like a proper writer's film. And that's yeah. Richard Kelly. If you look at him, he's a 
more so a writer than he is a director, I yeah. feel. I mean, it's well directed as well, but it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's the script is what? Because it's a yeah. layered script. It's yeah. almost like, it's almost like there's a theme in every scene. And you have to like piece it together, and everything fits by the end of it. To, every scene to a is like a story. every scene is like a microcosm of the yeah. movie, and like it all it does all fit. Like there's, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it was a throwaway scene. I feel like every scene had a point to make, yeah, and towards the bigger goal. Exactly, and the way, but the way that he does it using all those type of techniques, uh, it it's something that it, it it's simple but yeah. mastered. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that sometimes I think that flashy shit fucks films up. Yeah. And, you know, for example, you look at things. I like Zack Snyder films. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. <laughs> no. But I, I think that sometimes he, a lot of his flashy shit fucks up a lot of the movie. I like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. But when he does something really flashy with the camera and Watchmen, I'm kind of like, this is not what that's about. Well, yeah, because he's yeah, because he's sort of always going, look at me, look what I can do, and it's like, yeah, why do I care? Like, cause there's no emotional punch here. Like, yeah, um, like uh, yeah, I, I'm just trying. They don't really do anything that flashy in Donnie Darko. Never. But the, as I said, the only flashy part in the movie is that that opening scene with the, the, the scene with the bus and then the one shot through the school. Yeah, but, but it's not again, like it's, it's yeah. just like... It doesn't feel like he's a, has a style with it. No. Like when, when you're watching a Zack Snyder film where you're like, oh, he's slowing it down and everybody's punching. Yeah. And like, you know, you're like, that's a style and he's making it look cool. Yeah. But it takes away from what the importance of this story is at, yeah. at that time. But it, do, it doesn't even feel like a one Like no one, like it's crazy. It doesn't. When you, yeah. when you read about like the, the best one of all time, you never, like Donnie Lucas never mentioned. I was like, this movie has two in it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. And no one's talking about it. Yeah. And it's because like, yeah, it, it doesn't do anything. Like you compare it to like, like young Paul Thomas Anderson films, like Boogie Nights and all the stuff. Like that That's camera so is good, that camera is like, like I love those movies. You know, I love those movies. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. like, you are very conscious that you're watching a one take because the camera is like, I'm doing this and doing that. Well, it feels like you're you're the person in the room. It's almost like a POV. Yeah, and but it's like you're more conscious of what the camera is doing. Whereas yeah. in this, it was like. I actually was like, oh, this shit, this has been one take the whole time. <laughs> like, I didn't even and, click. And a lot of that is because, as you said before, you know, we are learning about every character. Yeah. In very sim- And that's where the good direction comes in. Yeah. Very simply, we're learning about each character and who they are through that one take. Yeah. It's not just like, for example, something like, uh, you know, I love Birdman because it's, uh, I think it's a feat mm-hmm. of acting and it's a, a feat of- Oh, it's amazing acting. Of a technical cinematography. Yeah. But I also think that, you know, it's kind of gimmicky in a weird way. It's gimmicky. It and, is definitely gimmicky. And that's the same with that one shot in, in Revenant. Looks cool, puts you in the moment, mm. but gimmicky. Well, Revenant, that movie's so long because the camera's <laughs> always moving. There's times where it's panning across forests that may, it has nothing to do with anything. Film, and I was, yeah. I'm just sitting there going, mate, just cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do it's, a cut here. Well, there's so many moments where I'm like, there, there is no progression. Yeah. And that's why I haven't watched it again. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to watch it. I didn't hate it. Yeah. It's I, like, went, it was I was good. like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, looked amazing. Like, 
Well done to Leo. You got your best actor Oscar. You should have got it for that movie. You should have got it for The Departed. But anyway, we won't. I think you should have got it for Wolf. Man. I think I think McConaughey probably deserved it over him. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, but that was just like, McConaughey, should, they should have just given him a, a small nod to the side and give, I don't know, they, they should have that one Oscar in a year where they're like, we don't know what this was going to go to. Yeah. But McConaughey was good, <laughs> you know? Or like, yeah. we don't know what this was going to go to, but... How fucking good was that scene in Mad Max? Here's the visual effect, like you know, yeah. that one where it's just a like a question mark. Well, should they start giving? Oscar. Should they start giving the award <laughs> to actors for like collective work over a year? <laughs> well, they should give one a Brolin this year. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I could say that. Yeah, something like that. If someone does like three good films in a year yeah. and they've been amazing in all of them, yeah, versus a person that does one film where they're like. Where you're in a movie that's Oscar bait because you're like playing a real person or whatever, yeah, some old political figure, yeah. But anyway, we're getting uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> completely sidetracked. So the art of Donnie Duck, <laughs> the technicalities in it are simplistic. Yeah. Okay, to the point where like, <laughs> where a lot of the scenes you don't even notice a, they just feel like a normal film. Yeah. And there are a small things. I even think the scene with like um, uh. Drew Barrymore in, in uh, the classroom. I think that was like someone went over that so many times, making sure that every shot was like perfectly in this way of like, you know, she's going to turn around at that point. We want that mid, yeah. you, know, you know, we want that wide of this girl in this room. That's, you know, it's full of kids looking at her. It's yeah. just, I feel like it was meticulous. Yeah. And then you get something like, you know, they're down in the cellar and the cut is just like, there's a party. They're they're riding over on bikes. They're down yeah, in the very cellar. Very ET that part, out. wasn't it? When they were riding over on the yeah, bike. it was really weird. Yeah. It was it was felt like the most out of place For moment. For about twenty seconds, it became like a teen adventure movie. Even <laughs> even when like like I don't if my friend was like, we got to go, man. We got to go to this place. We got to go to the cellar. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm good. I for some <laughs> reason I'd be like, there's a Halloween party happening at the moment. It's really yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Um, Chicks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but Donnie didn't care because Donnie got, he got laid for the first time, right? Uh, did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, we're like, did it? In, okay, at the party? Because it's weird because he goes upstairs and his sister like watches him go upstairs with the girl. Right. And okay. then they make out. And they're like lying down on the bed making out. Okay. And then yeah, it cuts away. Right. And then it yeah. comes back and they're walking back down the stairs. Surely. Because she has that, that uh, moment where she's like, my dad left or my yeah. mum left. Yeah. And I think she was just like, I just want to feel something. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. as a character, that's what I was getting from it. Yeah. And he's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but a lot, he does a lot of weird things in it as well that don't feel like they're predetermined. Like the whole, like, he's sitting there and he's like, sister gets into Harvard and he's like, we should have a party. This is the yeah. most, like, mundane. I'm Darko, although intelligent, a mundane character. Yeah. Like he's just a, a driving force for everyone else. Yeah, like a bad shadow. Yeah, he will like. I mean, he's. I didn't think it's so much that his path isn't predetermined. I think it's that his predetermined path affects everybody else's. I think that's the idea of it. And that's why he had to. That's when he realized that he couldn't exist. Yeah, because he was a destructive force. Which is that book they were reading in class that Drew Barrymore gets them to read. Yeah. Where she's asking them, why did they steal the old man's money but burn it? Yeah. And like, what was the purpose of that? 
and then Donnie Darko says, because they destroyed it, they wanted to destroy things, which is a form of creation. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is basically him. Yeah, he is. He, he is the kid that's burning shit. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's creating up like, in a little bowman. Yeah. The whole movie. And, and it, that opening, and that one, like that. That's what I'm saying. Every every scene like explains what the movie's about, basically. But yeah. pe- people get wrapped up in the time travel aspect. I'm like, well, it's just kind of like dressing on yeah. top of it all, like on top of the salad, man. It's to get it back to that start point. It's really about. It's really talking about suburbia and like the, the people. secrets that are underneath, yeah. like this perfect town where everyone knows each other. Yeah, um, and that's. For me, when I watch, that's what I got at the heart of it. Like, and it's more complex, and we can judge these people if they want, but there's more going on with them than what we realize. And we see that, like you said, in the when we see them in their waking up from the nightmares at the end. Yeah, we see how they've been affected emotionally, and it's not just black and white emotions. Yeah, it's like the people that you think are the the most evilest people are the ones that are are crying, hurting the most. Yeah. Yeah, and the people that are, you know. Like Drew Barrymore, she's sound asleep. Yeah, but her boyfriend, yeah, from, which is from the e, other guy. the guy that used to be on ER, which was I think the other teacher. Yeah, he was the science teacher. Yeah, he's the one that gives him the time travel book. Yeah, but she's like yeah. happy. So <laughs> that so that old lady that wrote the time travel book that lives in their town, Rebecca Sparrow. Yeah. yeah. So she's she's lost her mind essentially. Uh, yeah, I wonder if she went through the trans dimension. That's what I was. I'm like, well. has she done it? And to me, it was almost mom. like, do you know, this movie is pretty like um, Lovecraftian, you know, HP Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing about like, there's celestial beings that are more powerful. Like his his books always had the theme of influence by celestial greater. beings. Yeah. Um, that kind of has, like, yeah, it has a HP Lovecraft vibe. It does have a HP Lovecraft vibe. It does have a HP Lovecraft vibe. Yeah. Because... It doesn't explain everything. Yeah. Um, I I find that he says things like that, but he never explains what anything looks like. Or the only point in time we, we get that is obviously, you know, we see the predetermined past. Yeah, like he's sitting. Worm bubbles. He's, yeah, they're like weird worm, <laughs> clear <laughs> bubble. They look like, like, look like someone's blown like a big long bubble long out bu- of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's coming out of their chest. Yeah. Um, and I like how he can't see too far ahead. Like you can only yeah, because it like turns corner, yeah. Seconds, yeah, or whatever it yeah. seems like. But here's one, it's yeah, really here's one, long. and here's one turns around and like makes a hand, yeah, and beckons him. Yeah, it's like come here, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I even that is very Lovecraftian. Yeah, where you know, um, there's your trans, there's your um, uh, your beings, you know, mm. uh, these weird things. That, but even Frank, I mean. You know, there's a your guardian angel that you know. Sure, it's like a, supposed to be like a spirit, and and it keeps explaining like you know things like uh, the whole thing with God and like if God had a predetermined path. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, like there could be something there where it's not. Uh, there is some type of higher force that they're constantly. Uh, that's what. That's about. what he gets at in that scene with the teachers, and when he talks about if God is pointing us in a direction and we have no control over where we're going. I didn't get why the teacher, like, I know he's a science teacher. Maybe it was that point in time in history. I feel like now it's a, a less bit, maybe in Australia more so. I think they probably weren't allowed to talk about 
God and science yeah. as a, a, a topic with each other. That and just like they're not allowed to inflict their, own their beliefs on students. I Which think. is mm-hmm. interesting because I feel like more so in Australia, I could have had a conversation with that with my science teacher. Well, it's different now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, maybe not in the I States. I mean, this movie's set in the 80s. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. didn't think about that. Yeah. Now, well, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> because they wouldn't be able to say shit then. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, there's, your, there's, your, there's your religion teacher. Yeah. And there's your science teacher. Yeah. And the two of them would have the complete different aspects. Of, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting watching it now because obviously it's talking about wormholes and time travel and Hawking, Stephen Hawking... Scientists, yeah, well, they have that book. It yeah, has Hawking on it. Yeah. A brief history of time. If time travel is to be a real thing, this is the way to do it. This is the way that will happen with wormholes and black holes and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to watch it now because I imagine when Donnie Darko came out, this shit was all still like, I mean, not many people were touching on it. It was like it was Stephen s- King was touching on it with Dark Tower, maybe like the multiverse sort of thing. I guess, yeah, he was probably a little bit ahead of everything with that but now like we've had interstellar like yeah, movies like interstellar time. yeah um like bioshock the video game touched on multiverse and all that oh sort of my stuff. god yeah one of the so greatest like, endings ever yeah so it's like it's interesting to see this now where it's like really raw form of this thing and it's like it's yeah. almost easier to understand it because we've seen something like so interstellar where it's like like goes into crazy detail and shows you like exactly what uh, uh the fourth dimension is yeah, yeah a fourth dimension is yeah it's like cube that keeps moving yeah stuff like that <laughs> in, in that film it's like a cube isn't it yeah that's the concept and it's just like it keeps forming itself or yeah. moving and he can like you know uh inflict his own ideas upon time or, or touch time yeah using like harpsichords <laughs> yeah. or strings or yeah. something. It has like I, a very... I mean, that's just the way they visually yeah. represented yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, but when it comes to like something like this, I feel like this is just when people had, had all... They, it was the beginning of us having all this information at our fingertips. Yeah. Where like now we could even, we could go and look up a YouTube video. Oh, there's a Wikipedia page for it. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and we can learn all about that. Yeah. At that point in time, it's like, I guess we have to get a Stephen Hawking's book. Yeah. But even back in 2001. Yeah. Where like, I don't think there would have been like a shitload. I mean, shitload it has of... made me want to read A Brief History of Time now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, you're like, I'm... maybe I should do some, some learning. <laughs> no, it's, it's just like, I'm just interested. Intrigued. Intrigued by. Yeah. Um, which is like, like if, you know, I, I always like movies that put well, that other man, pop culture in Richard there. Kelly doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to go out and buy Southland Tales 1, 2, and 3 first. And then. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to watch Southland Tales now. But you got to read the books first, didn't you hear? <laughs> yeah, well, do they come if I buy the Blu-ray? Do I get the novel? Actually, he says that the Blu-ray ha- had like a um that really weird, uh, what is it called when they have panel by panel comic? Motion comic. Yeah. But you have to like panel by panel skip through it. I fucking hate that. But otherwise I have to order it separately. You do. Yeah, you have to buy it. Why don't they just package it with the Blu-ray? Uh, it should, eh? <laughs> and even if it's like, I don't know, even if you're buying it for $40. Yeah. It comes with the fucking book that's going to explain everything. All yeah. right. Even <laughs> if I was going to buy it on iTunes, why doesn't it just give me like a PDF version of all the comics? Exactly. I don't know. Richie Kelly, if you're listening. Get on it, bro. <laughs> I mean... Figured out how you could have marketed you feel better. <laughs> the, like, when did this come? I guess like, I'm okay, iTunes wasn't around yet. No, but... But he could have packaged the fucking book. DVD. With the yeah. DVD for sure. Yeah. 
even if it was like a manga size. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the fuck he's going to do for like. You're not, you're not getting the Khan crowd to read a graphic novel. Well, he said, <laughs> no way. And the funny thing is that like he said, like, oh, that's four, five, and six, but I have more. Yeah, and it's just like I don't think I don't think Khan was the right place to premiere that movie. He definitely wasn't. I mean, they boo- I've, I've been there and they boo and hiss at <laughs> bad lines of dialogue. <laughs> Did they do that when you were there? Yeah, yeah, they booed that uh, Sean Penn movie that hasn't even been released because it was really yeah. was it a good movie? No, it was terrible. Oh, was it? I was sitting there going, I was just kind of like, oh, that's cool to be here and see this. But then, did you see anything else? Yeah, I saw uh, Neon Demon. Did you like that at the cinemas or did you like the movie at all? It was crazy watching it there because literally it's like, it's weird because there's no, you go see those, right? There's no reviews. Yeah. Like there's no, you're going in. This is the first, like one of the first times. It would have been, it, yet, it the premiered the night before. Yeah. And then I went oh, to wow. the, the matinee thing. Did Was Winding Ref in there? He would have been. No, he was there the night before. Fucking. <laughs> the one I went to was like, you, you didn't need a ticket. You, you got in with your pass, but it was limited seating. So we lined right. up for like me and my, my mate that came with me lined up for like two hours well, to get there early because we were looking at the lines the day before. That would have been the movie I would have done. Exactly. That was my thing. Yeah. And then um, it was insane watching it in there. Like everyone was like, what the fuck are we watching? It was what, amazing. What, what I loved it. people his- booing for that No, movie? no, no, no. They were just, it was more just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. This is fucking weird. Yeah. I, I love that movie. That's one that we could probably do. Yeah. Jenna Malone's in it as well. As a connection. She is, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a pretty prominent character. Yeah. Um, I think we've pretty thoroughly covered Donnie Darker. This is our pretty, yeah. th- this is it. This is pretty thoroughly. I mean, it's all, <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> it, no, it is. But I mean, like. I'm going to do some editing. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be editing for this one. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, this is a movie everyone should watch, even if it's just for... Uh, there are some movies out there which are like, watch it because it's fun. Yeah. This is an experience. Yep. And an experience where you should be trying to garner your own opinions. Yeah. And then don't feel shitty to go and learn about others' opinions. Yeah. I feel like like it'll only enrich the experience if you decide to watch it again. That's part of, that's part of it. Like anytime, anytime I watch a movie uh, that like gets, like I get and I like, yeah. I always go and read what other people have to say about it because it's, you will read things that you don't agree with and you read things that you go, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Like well, Jurassic um, World's whole gun thing. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. <laughs> Completely changed my mind. Um, <laughs> Drop Daniel's view about half a star. <laughs> That's not much, though. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, my thing, I would, yeah, exactly. Like, if you've listened to this podcast <laughs> and haven't seen it, 100% go and watch it. And if we sound insane, hopefully by the end of watching it, we don't sound so insane. Well, this is the thing. I, I, I think that I, I'd like to get to a point with these podcasts where people are... Uh, having a conversation with us yeah and even in, like if you guys want to decide to record a little bit of, of audio of what you think a 10 or 15 second or 20 second thing where you're like this is what i think of the movie yeah uh even if it's simplistic or has you have a quick idea I, i'd like to include that and yeah. put it a part of it and have yeah. a conversation about it i only think that the experiences about watching movies like this mm-hmm. watching movies like neon demon watching yeah. movies like boogie nights yeah all these films that we've talked about today, uh, even Southland Tales, have a go. I mean, without the books, if you really yeah, want to. Yeah. Uh, I think they will only enrich your experiences, film goers. Yep. 
and, and it's, be and confused. This, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and this movie is just so unique. Like I said before, I tried to like link it to other things, but it's, it's clutching at straws. Like there's nothing like it. There's it, nothing like this movie. It really is like, you know, we, we did a review on Predator last week or mid this week. Yeah. Depending on when you're listening. Uh, and there's a movie where I explained it as uh, uh, a war movie that turns into a sci-fi alien movie. Yeah. Like from Dusk Till Dawn, it's a, a movie about a whole bunch of uh, guys that are running away from the law. Or these two brothers that are running away from the law. It's a crazy vampire movie. It's a fucking vampire movie. This movie... That, that movie, though, the tone in that movie is insane. Yeah, but that's ex- <laughs> that's, ex- that's pure exploitation. Yeah. That's just fun. That's another. That's a movie that's fun. Yeah. Which, if you really want to dig deep, I'm sure you can find something, but who cares at that point? <laughs> We're watching, like, crazy George Clooney with his fucking tat on his neck. Yeah. Anyway, off to another point. Yeah, but like- this movie is similar in that sense of... It is a, a film that has, it's a, 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 as you said, a suburban drama. Yeah. That has this overlying, like, blanket that covers it that has to do with uh, a very realistic science in, uh, theory. Yeah. Uh, you can't get any better. Mix movies together. Yeah. Genre mash It's people. a cool genre mash. <laughs> I dig a genre mash. Yeah. Genre mash more. They're the yeah. best movies we see these days. Yeah. Besides maybe something like Dunkirk, because Jesus. What a film. And it's just simple. <laughs> so clean. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so clean. <laughs> All right. Um, you've been listening to Spoil Radio. I think we... we I don't even think we have to tell them what we think of the movie. Oh, I bloody like it. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's what it's feature reference anytime there's going to be a movie that has like... <laughs> like we I go said back before, to... They're confusing. I'm, yeah, I'm going to like it. I'd like to go, I'd like to go back and do a shit one. I no, I was thinking I want to do that movie Skyscraper because it's getting bad reviews. Really? <laughs> <laughs> just we haven't done, we haven't done a movie I've absolutely hated yet. I want to do one that I hate. Have you seen the one about the um the all the memes about the trajectory of his jump? No. Because he, he jumps off that fucking um crane into the building. Yeah. And you see the distance between <laughs> it, and there's heaps of like um funny memes where it shows like traje- trajectories of the jump where he'd just fall so or where. See, <laughs> Save it for the skyscrapers. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, you've been listening to Spoil Radio. We just talked about Donnie Darko. I'm Reese. See you later. I'm Declan. You have a good week. Respect. Respect.